Welcome to episode 13 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace family, I hope everyone is well. I am well. Let's just go ahead and get right into this week. The first thing that we are going to talk about this week is the hamster cage. And I know you're thinking the hamster cage, like, okay, she's officially lost it. The hamster cage that black America is living in. What happens to hamsters in a cage? They're living, but uh, their lives are completely controlled and they just get on their wheel and they run and run and run on that wheel and they're not getting anywhere. Okay, so what is the hamster cage that black people in America are in? It is the hamster cage of um, black economics and black marriage. So this is what's happening right now is, you know, blacks in this country are slowly but surely um, allowing themselves to be free. Okay, because the only one that holds us back is ourselves. So what has been happening as of recently, more black people are feeling that they deserve liberation, that they deserve freedom. Okay, so we're taking baby steps. You know, when when you're suffering from racism and white white supremacy, uh, this is something that is, you know, decades and decades and generations and generations in the making. So it's not something that you'll necessarily heal from overnight. So now black people have started saying, okay, we want to buy black. We want to open Black-owned businesses. We want to support Black-owned businesses. This is what's happening. Black people have become comfortable enough to say we need our own schools. Okay, Black people have become comfortable enough to say we need to be educating ourselves on wealth, finance, investing, group economics, things of that nature. Great. Okay, so, you know, we're finally getting to that point where we're realizing the things we need of our own. But what is the one place where that ball gets dropped black people will feel comfortable to say we need our own everything except for our own relationships someone will be super pro-black black power you know this that and the third and then turn around and say oh but love has no color you can't help who you love So when we talk about interracial dating and interracial marriage, what are the first things that come to mind? First of all, you know, if this is the first step here, because if if you're not able to grasp this concept first, then nothing else that we do is going to make sense to you. The first concept that you have to grasp is the war that we're in. If you cannot accept that we are in a war because you've become comfortable with your little job and your little house and your little car and your little vacations... And if you become comfortable with that to where it has made you turn your back and ignore the fact that we're at war when we still have generations coming after us, our children still have to live on this planet when we leave. So if you're turning your back to that, uh, essentially you can't really be a good black parent if you're not wanting to accept that we are in a war. If you have become so comfortable in your indulgent behavior, which is like, you know, I don't really want no smoke. I just want things to be as comfortable and easy as they can so if you've become that way you know my brother my sister you know we all are within our rights to do what we please but just know you are um putting your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren you haven't had yet 
in a very bad place because we have to remember what our great great grandparents did for us to make our lives better today so we have to pay that forward so if you cannot first accept that we definitely have a duty to our ancestors okay because they sacrificed so much for us if you cannot accept that and you cannot accept that we are in a war everything else i'm about to say you're not going to get it so you might as well turn this episode off right now and go watch love and hip-hop okay first things first we're in a war okay a a war is when a country uses its politics and economics to um to to defeat or oppress themselves or another nation so what's happening is in this country that we are living in they are using their politics and their resources to kill us all right to control us so therefore we are at war so when you're at war what happens so can you imagine if soldiers were on the battlefield okay and and the, and the bullets are flying and the bombs are flying and they're like so do y'all want to do lunch you know it's tuesday i was thinking maybe we could do like taco tuesday today his his uh the, the men in the army with him are going to look at him like he's lost his mind we are in the middle of a battlefield right now you're sitting here telling me like what's for lunch you know okay so we are we are born into a war here so that means that every move that we make is a move on a battlefield literally this is literally life or death all right so when you're in a war we don't have time to be with that love is love you can't help who you love i mean please that's gonna get you killed all right you know this is not the time for that it's not time for lunch it's not time to tell me about how you can't help who you fall in love with because that's the next thing that come out people's mouths when it comes to interracial marriage. It, you can't help who you love. And let's examine that. Um, understand, love is a very general term and there's many subcategories of what love is. Love, the first thing that comes after love or comes under the category of love is loyalty. Loyalty. All right, so if you're not being loyal to your people and your ancestors, who who are you really loving? You're not loving anyone or anything. Love is last on the list. Love comes and goes, loyalty does not. So if we're basing things on love, that explains why things haven't been working out. You know, if, if we're basing things on love, that would explain the problem. You cannot have your foundation be love. Love is like the star on top of the Christmas tree. Okay, it's it's there for decoration. It's there because it's cute. We're not really basing our lives and putting our lives on the line for this because <laughs> someone can love you one minute and not love you the next. So I would hope, you know, that you're not building your home on the sand like that. So, you know, we have to first get in that mindset, get in the warrior mindset. Don't get so comfortable in this. Don't make your few dollars and take your few trips and buy your few Gucci Louie and really feel like, you know, life is good. Please don't do that. That's so selfish. It's people coming after us. This shit is only getting worse. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's keep that in mind. All right. So now we're, we're empowering each other economically. All right. We are teaching each other about investing. We are teaching each other about real estate, about stock. Okay, so now you're teaching me to build wealth. All right, so now I am learning how to build my credit. I'm learning how to make my money, make me more money. I'm learning how to set up my children. My 
and I married to a white man. So I die. Guess where all that money goes that I worked my whole life for? Guess where it goes right back to? The white community. Marriage is a a financial institution. Marriage is survival. Marriage is about legacies. Okay? Marriage is how you keep a strong family generation after generation. Okay? So if I if we are quote unquote empowering one another to learn about money and to make money, invest money, but we are saying if if you're going to advocate for these black economics, but then you're going to turn around and say, "Oh, but love is love. It doesn't matter who you who you marry. It doesn't matter who you love." You're in the hamster cage. You're on the wheel. You're running and running. And you think that you're making progress and you're getting nowhere. You're going in a circle. All right. Stop basing marriage off of love. That would explain the 60% divorce rate. That would explain it. Okay. You know, if you're, if you're going to marry white, then you don't need to worry about buying black. Because, I mean, your money is going right back into the hands of white people. All right. And then it's like it's crazy because we have the nerve to constantly, you know, bring up the Asian community when we talk about, you know, strong structure, strong culture, strong economics. But you cannot compare yourself or want to be like the Asian community if you are not ready to adhere to the strict code that they have. Do you know what would happen if an Asian man took the money that his family had invested and and accrued accrued over their family's lives if he took that money and built wealth and then died and left his money to a black woman do you know what would happen he would be disowned dishonored to his ancestors grandma grandma ming would never speak to him again she'd be on her deathbed and refuse to speak to him okay He would lose his entire family, okay, because they understand the power that gives someone. So you're going to sit here and have us all work our asses off this whole, our whole lives, and you're going to die and leave it to a black girl? Absolutely not. That's not happening. So if you think for a second that the Asian community is strong because of money, you're seriously mistaken. The Asian community is strong because of family and strict cultural unspoken codes Asian people don't have to say we should only marry Asian it's common sense they don't have to even say it what's understood doesn't have to be explained okay now we are in a different place than them so we need it to be explained to us so that's why we have these conversations of okay why you know and that's a genuine question there's a lot of black people that feel like well what is such a big deal about marrying outside your race it's not being loyal, honey. So therefore, you're not loving yourself. You're not loving your people if you don't have that loyalty first, baby. You know, you're trying to base it on love. You skip the step. Loyalty is first. So if you ain't loyal to yours, you ain't really loving no one. What you're doing, baby, is lusting. Which, what you've become is codependent. But you don't really love yourself or your white spouse. You have become interdependent and codependent with them. Okay, we're loyal to our needs. So now you've become loyal to that. 
you know, so that's it. That, I mean, that's where it begins and ends for you. All right. So like I said, you know, it doesn't make any sense for us to make these smart money moves. If when the moment that that defining moment, which is where when we die, which is whatever you've done, you've done whatever you haven't done is not getting done from this point forward. That's it. So that moment where my I die and I transition my money at that moment will be going to my white spouse. Absolutely not. You know, and and. and it wouldn't even be right because if, if you are a black man, you marry a white woman, your wife's rights, her right as your wife is to be leave, left with your money when you die, whether she's white, black or purple. So what are you going to do? Ask your white wife, hey, um, can you take the money that I leave for you and invest it back into the black community? No, that's not fair to her. She took care of you her whole life. That money is for her, honey. All right, same with my husband. Any man that married me, if I go first, what's mine is yours at that point. Now, how backwards would that be for me as a black woman who is at the bottom of the economic totem pole and totem pole of respect in this country? Not only am I a woman, but I am a black woman. Now, what sense would that make for me to work my whole life and then set up a white man for life when I'm dead? Now, now... Don't put me on that hamster wheel. Now, that doesn't make any sense. That's just madness. That would be insanity. The white man is the last person on this earth that needs my help. The last person. Now, how would I look? That's crazy as hell. I don't care about you can't help who you love. Let's also investigate that. You can't help who you love. In order to fall in love with someone, you have to date them. You have to get to know them. You have to spend time with them. Okay? It takes a long time to fall in love for real with someone. So what do you mean? I never see people say, would you happen to fall in love with a white person? What do you mean? You can't happen to fall in love with them. Stop confusing lust with love. Again, stop confusing codependency with love. That's not love. You cannot accidentally fall in love with someone. You have to consciously pursue someone to fall in love with them. Falling in love is not a hole in the ground that you happen to fall into. So, you know, them lame excuses. I mean, just keep it real. Just say you don't care about this war that we're in. Just say you don't care about how this affects your children and their children. It's so much easier to just feed us that. I don't even like to say romantic. I like to say romantic because that is all Roman ideals. Love. Once again, let that love word, you know, where the violins play in the background was all a justification to screw animals and children. I can't help it. I just, I love, you know, so that, you know, you're, you're spewing European ideals my way, but I, I can't, I can't get with you. Let's keep it real. This ain't about no love. This is life or death here. I, I don't know if maybe I care more since I am the mother of a black son. I don't know. Maybe if you don't have a black son, maybe you don't feel the way I feel. But when I look at my son's eyes, I know what's ahead. I know what's out there waiting for him. And it scares me to death. And I know I'm doing him an injustice to not fully educate him and to tell him, oh, yeah, even though all this is going on, it's perfectly okay for you to marry a white woman. You know, and and, and I'm going to tell you, people don't understand, you know, how deep racism gets. I'm going to go ahead and get personal here with you guys and let you guys into some information about my family and share a story with you guys. Um, 
So my uncle, which is my mom's brother, has four children. All of his children are from white women, three different mothers. One of his child's mothers, you know, she was, a lot of these white, these young white girls, they want to sleep with black men and get pregnant by black men in order to spite their families. Okay, and this is what happened uh, with my uncle. Basically, he had children with a woman that, you know, she was doing this to rebel against her parents. Because white children do that a lot. They'll go get a lot of tattoos or color their hair a weird color, you know, because they want, that's their way of, like, rebelling against their parents. And one of those things also includes going after black men. So, you know, she did that. She got pregnant. And it's like, wow, you know. We're not even thinking about what's happening to these children that are products of interracial relationships. Okay, so now you're born. Now you're a black woman being raised by a white woman. You know, we all black women will tell you right now, black women were different from anyone else. If you are not raised by a black woman, I mean, how are you going to know how to be one? No other race of woman can teach you how to be a black woman. You know what I'm saying? We're different. So now this child has a white mother. You know, this child, there will be a price on this child's head. This child's mother will have privilege that he doesn't have, he or she doesn't have. Um, So uh, now this child is going to need to be for their own people. They're going to need to be pro themselves. And they're going to constantly conflict within themselves because at the end of the day, we all love our mama, whether she green whether she's yellow, you know, so it's unfair of us to look look at mixed children and expect them to have to, like, pick a side. Like, you know, if you speak to most mixed people, they all got the same story. Oh, I, I was confused growing up. I wasn't black enough for the black people. I wasn't white enough for the white people. I wasn't sure where I fit in. You know, why put children in that predicament? Why Why put them in that place? You know, that's why Malcolm X told us, like, we got to be careful about trusting the mixed races because basically what you're asking them to do is go against their parent, go against their mama, go against their dad. That's a lot to ask of someone. Most people can't do that. You know, we got the few soldiers like the Harriet Tubman's that shot her own husband when it came to the cause, but not everybody has that much discipline. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, we, 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 she, by her having this child to spite her parents, was racist and and why that was racist because she used the color of her skin to control and oppress someone else's life you have caused this child to come into a setting where the side of its family will hate half of that child it's its entire life you used your race to ruin someone else's life even if it was your own child's life all right so you know we 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 don't want to be putting our children in that predicament we don't want them to be confused we don't want to have to put them in situations where you know they feel as though by embracing their black side they're neglecting their white side which is offensive to their mom like we don't even want to have to put them in that situation okay we don't need people who are not black raising black children you cannot you, you can't do anything for them i'm sorry you just can't if you're not a black man you cannot raise a black son if you are not a black woman you will never be able to teach a young black girl how to be a black woman so you are doing a disservice to your children all right um so they go hand in hand there there can be no straddling the fence on this 
Okay, so now let's go even deeper into this. So now here goes the bigger the, the bigger question that really sums all this up is okay, so black people have been black people and white people have become comfortable with black people having their own economics, you know, their own um uh, schools, you know, stuff like that. But why is it that when it comes to our own relationships, this is where so many black people are afraid to say that? I mean, why? Think about it. Like, why is that the one thing where we will hold back? Like, we're we're terrified to say, I don't believe in marrying outside my race. We are terrified to say, I would not marry a white person. So scared. And then you got to think about it. Why would white people get offended for or or even care that black people are saying, you know, we don't want to extend our sexual organs to people outside our race anymore. We don't want to extend our hands in marriage to anyone outside our race anymore. Like if, if it's white people that really claim they're not racist, like wouldn't they just be like, OK, I understand. You know, look at everything that you're going through. Look at how this country treats you. I mean, you guys definitely should be marrying each other and loving each other and embracing each other. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you claim you're not a racist white person, you should have no problem with this. Like, I never understood why it's, you know, whenever I say, oh, you know, blacks and they sit together when it comes to marriage, it's always that white person that got to come. But in the conversation, like, well, you know what I'm saying? Why you feel, I mean, that would be like someone who was a, a Jewish person saying, I don't want to bring home someone that's German. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you say, oh, you're dead wrong. No, you're going to say, you know what? I, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to push it. And second of all, what's it to me? I don't give a damn what you do. Unless I want to use how I feel to oppress you, guilt you, and shame you into loving your own people. Once again, you're using your skin color to control other people. That is racism. Racism is not, do I like... Black people, yes or no, that's not racism. Racism is about using your skin to control other people's lives. So white people who say they're not racist, if you even are mentioning anything about black people not marrying outside their race, guess what you, guess why you're saying that? Because you fetishize black people's sexual organs. Because if it's, if it's nothing to you, if you really want black people to empower themselves, and this is how we empower ourselves, What's it to you unless you don't want them taking that black dick away from you? Unless you don't want them taking that black vagina away from you? I mean, keep it real. All right? Uh, I, I, uh, I know everybody's talking about Serena Williams and her baby daddy, her husband now. And I'm like, you know, that's a perfect example of why white people um, get nervous and get upset when black people say, you know, we ain't swirling. So now... Venus and Serena Williams have been traumatized from children uh, for their features. Okay, because they have very strong African features. All right. So when you traumatize a child by attacking them every day of their lives since they're children, that trauma doesn't go away. It just develops into childhood trauma that has transferred into your adulthood. Okay, so now they both are dating white men. All right. So now. Serena Williams, she wanted to date. I mean, her husband is the most like he looks like he came from under a rock. Like he looks like the light is blinding his eyes, like caveman, a hundred percent. So now she gets with the whitest white boy she can, cause she wants to dilute her looks. Now you got this puny little white boy. Now he wants Serena, cause look at her. 
So now his children will have the chance to not be a puny white boy like him. Okay, so he needs that. Then you have some some white people where they strictly sexualize black people. You have some white women, they only sleep with black men. Okay, they like that black dick. That is the that is an addiction to them. They don't want that getting taken away. You have some white boys who only date black women. Because they they that validates them. You have to understand us as black people have been the validation for whites for centuries and centuries on their sexuality. Okay, if you've noticed, fast forward now in 2018, if you're a white boy with a black girlfriend or a black wife, in in white boy world, you are the man. You're cool. Okay, these white boys that have a black girlfriend, they they make sure you know it. If his black girlfriend is not with, he gonna make sure you know. My so my girlfriend, yeah, you know she we're interracial. She's black. They gonna let you know. Okay, because these white boys don't said hold up. You know, sometimes we're attracted to what we don't have and what we never had. So now a lot of white boys, they get with black women. They're like, damn, these women are strong. They are fine as hell. They got booty. They got good vagina. Someone said black women are freaky. They, the devil is a liar. So now the white boys are like, oh, snap. So they trying to come. It used to be where white boys would only want to sleep with black women on the low low. But now a lot of white boys are like, these women are the shit. They strong. They sick of these white girl boohoo crying and can't handle shit. They're tired. They're done. They're like, Sarah, it's over. Sarah, it's done. Okay, Laquita does it all and she don't complain. And she'll kick your ass. All right, so that opposite effect is happening now. Okay, so now you want to tell these white boys that you can't have no more black women? Wait, no, what are you doing? No, no. You're taking away his sexual validation, honey. Because otherwise, what's it to you? Why do you care? Why do you care if black women say, I only want to be with black men? Why do you care? Why does it bother you? Look at our history. Look what we're going through. You should understand. You understand. All right. If black men are saying we only are dating, you know, black women now. Why are white girls getting upset? Why are Spanish girls getting upset? Because you sexualize them. You want that black penis. Keep it a thousand, sweetie. Because otherwise it won't bother you. You won't care. I wouldn't care if Indian people were like, we're not having sex with any more black people. Okay. Do you, boo-boo? I wouldn't care if Chinese people was like, we're not having sex with black people ever again. I. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I never understood like people of other races well, primarily only white people, when we be like, we're only, you know, dealing with black folks, y'all are having a fit. You want that black vagina? I already know. <laughs> yes, 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 they want that black D. Don't you dare take it away, you know. But it, it's time to break free from this. 500 years later, you know, we still scared to tell them no, you know, because we talk about the rape that black women endured and we forget about to talk about the rape that black men endured. So, you know, them little white girls, they see that black D swing and they want it and they're going to come to you and, and let you know they want it. And what would happen is if, if, if you as a black man was to tell her no, what she would do is she would say you raped her anyway, because she knew what that meant. It's a death wish.
<laughs> you know, so and that goes to show how fear. So, you know, the brothers would have to give it to them, but it's still having sex with someone against their will. So that's still rape. You know, we don't talk about that, though. Black men endured rape from white women as well and from white men. All right. So these are deeply rooted fears we have to say, hey, we're not doing that. You sh- you say that you're only going to marry black. You're only going to, you know, um, have children with other black people. If that makes any of your white friends or quote unquote white associates or supporters or coworkers upset, that tells you right there where their head is at. Because there's nothing to be upset about with this. <laughs> so it's definitely time to break free from that. Moving right along. I know by now a lot of people have heard about this Emily B. and fabulous domestic violence situation. And I myself am a survivor of domestic violence. And it's very insulting to me when I see people call other people victims of domestic violence that are not victims of domestic violence. <laughs> All right. And, and, I'm using Emily B and Fab as an example because everyone knows who they are, but we all know our own Emily B and Fabs, you know, in our in our own communities in our everyday lives. So, um when you are a real victim of domestic violence, you end up staying with your partner due to lack of financial support and resources due to lack of family support or availability. Um, You know, these are the things that causes women who are really in situations with domestic violence to be forced to stay with their partner sometime. Okay, women who are real victims of domestic violence, it leaving their partner can essentially sometimes mean being homeless. You know, I know that's how it happened to me. Uh, When I finally decided to leave my son's father due to domestic violence, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anywhere to go. You know, me and my baby, we slept in the car for a few months until I was able to get a job and save a few paychecks and put down for an apartment. You know, now, now, now that's a real victim of domestic violence. Now, thankfully, I still left even though I didn't have anywhere to go because I was like, well, at least I'll have my life. You know what I'm saying? So, um... Now, we look at situations like this Emily B, (laughs) and here's a woman who has plenty of family and family support, okay? She she has financial support in order to um, leave the situation, all right? She just chooses not to. This is not a domestic violence situation, okay? Women like Emily B are gold diggers and they are attention seekers and they are they have addictive personalities people like her get addicted to anything very easily because someone like her is addicted to the attention she's addicted to the lifestyle that she lives with him she's addicted to him (laughs) all right um women like that They have such a desire for that lifestyle that they will literally do anything for it. She could have left a a long time ago. (laughs) She sat there and kept having killed children with this man. And what happens is 
you know, every time he go upside her head or every time he cheats on her again, everyone comes flooding to her like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you have to go through this. You know, you really need to leave. You really need to do better. And what happens is these fake domestic violence victims, they get addicted to the attention that being in this domestic violence situation brings them. I swear to you, I know this might sound crazy to y'all. It might sound like, come on. But I promise you, I promise you, gold digging biatches is all they are. She don't want to leave because she don't want nobody else having access to all the money and all the, and then come to find out, I believe the altercation has something to do with her and her dad taking money from them. That's what it always was about. You know what I'm saying? She knew when she first met him. I don't understand why do we feel bad for women that, you know, are, are victims. The only thing they're victim of is their own greed. (laughs) and their own addictions like please get out of here you know sisters that are in real domestic violence situations those are the sisters where I will say you know I feel bad for you you know what I mean um you know I, I support you you know what do you need that those are the sisters that that really need it all right that are really stuck so I I would just I just feel like it's like can we just hold women accountable you know, and hold the men accountable. Fab doesn't abuse her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she, you stealing from people, you know, and doing the most. And and, and it's funny because it goes hand in hand. The whole reason why he's never married her is because he know deep down inside she a gold digger. (laughs) You, You see how that goes? So sometimes, you know, someone like him, he has an indulgent, addictive personality, and so does she. That's the worst combination in the world. When you have two people that find each other that both have addictive personalities, it's a mess waiting to happen. So now she a straight-up gold digger. She could have been left. She don't have to put up with any of this. She chooses to because she's addicted to that lifestyle, addicted to the money. And then he knows that, which is exactly why, you know, he hasn't married her. He let her sit right back and keep having all these kids and keep sticking around thinking that he going to marry her. That's the whole reason why he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got to keep it real. So, I just wanted to have a little segment on that because I'm like, listen, that is not domestic violence. <laughs> that is not domestic violence. And, and most men that do commit domestic violence on their partner is because they do keep her dependent on him in some way. Most of the time. Not all the time. So, you know, stop, uh, stop like insulting real domestic violence victim with these fake domestic violence victim golding and hoes crazy 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 like what would you do for that paper what would you do for that money the protection of our children is our job period you know what i'm saying like brother something that i've i've been seeing lately some of the dudes that the mothers of your children have around your kids I don't know how you sleep at night being okay with that. See, having a baby with someone that you know good and well you're not going to marry and that you don't want to marry, that's all fine and good. That's all fun and games. Until this woman then gets with a different man that is abusing your children. You know, we see this happen all the time. We see this happen all the time. You know, it's like we're not really thinking long term. It's all fun and games, you know, being sexually irresponsible, bringing children into this world instead of establishing families until 
the mother of your child is with a man who is going upside her head in front of your son making him think it's okay that's all fine and good until he going upside your baby mama head in front of your daughter making her think that that's acceptable to accept from a man so so you know brothers when we spoke a few episodes ago about men holding each other accountable listen a part of that is being better fathers because i've been seeing way too many stories in the news lately of women uh having their children be abused by a man that's not even their child's father and i'm like where is your dad like where is a dad men know other men you know what I'm saying? If you're if you're getting involved, you can look at a man's eyes and you can tell like what he's about. You can know if this is a guy that's it's going to be safe for him to be around your children. That's why I don't understand that casual child rearing. You have to be careful who you have a kid with. This is the person that is going to raise your children. And it is so many dudes got children by women that ain't even putting your kids in car seats and seat belts. <laughs> I, I overheard a chick the other day had multiple kids at home by themselves and she was telling the oldest kid to spank the other kid having her kids spank one another i i could hear the kids screaming in the background like come on brothers you know that that stuff is all fine and good but you have to understand this is not just like oh you know it was too good i couldn't put a condom on it was too good i couldn't pull out like this is the woman that's going to be responsible for the life of your child you know, it, it kill me when I when I see these news headlines and, and too many times it's a black woman with children. And then it's matter of fact, I just saw a story like this a few days ago and they, they had like starved the little girl and tortured the little girl. And old boy was, you know, he was, I guess, trying to get the little girl back. But I'm like, bruh, why did you even impregnate this woman in the first place? You know what I'm saying? That that we you can't get so caught up in that moment. Like I said, you know, is this woman going to put your child in a seatbelt? <laughs> I see too many times, you know, sisters driving down the road and Tay-Tay in the back, climbing up on the back seat. And I'm like, sister, why is this child not in a seatbelt? Then I'm thinking, where is this child's daddy? All right. And, and this is why we, if you're not ready to marry this woman, if this woman is not a stand-up woman to where you would want her to have your last name, she shouldn't have your kids. She should not have your kids, my brother. You know, so, you know, if you do already have children with someone you're not with, you know, it is what it is. But my brother, you got to check out these women's boyfriends. You have to figure out who they are. Because even if they're not abusing your kids, she might be getting abused in front of your children. And it's your, your, it's your job as a parent to protect your children, even if it's from the other parent. You, you see what I'm saying? I know I had to do that. I had to do that with my son's father. He's very abusive, was abusive to me and he's abusive to the woman he with now. So for my son, I'm like, oh no, no, you, you can't have my child in the middle of that. And you two fighting, let's say he get caught in the middle of a fight between you two. You don't know how emotions fly. Listen, protect your children at all costs. Even if it's from their mama, even if it's from their daddy, period. I don't give a damn. You know, my heart break every single time. Like, it'd be the most precious kids. Like, it's always the same kind of story. It's like, oh, baby mama, boyfriend, boyfriend, where are these kids' parents? Like, brothers, like, come on, you are the protectors of our nation. That's a big responsibility. 
All right, brothers. I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling y'all that you know this is easy. I ain't coming down on you like, oh, this is simple math. Why you can't do this? I, I'm fully acknowledging that that's pressure, and that you definitely have the world on your on your shoulders when you are responsible for the safety of the black woman and the black child. But I want to be very clear: having children with, with women who are not fit to be mothers is endangering your children, which is essentially is going against your duties as a black man, which is to protect those children. You need to protect your sperm, brothers. You need to protect your sperm. We tell women all the time, you know, know your worth, know this. Okay, brothers need to do the same. You can't just get any woman pregnant. This per- this woman will have your child's life in her hands. When I see a woman smoking cigarettes pregnant, first thing I think of is who got you pregnant? What man said this woman who going to smoke while she's pregnant is going to make a good mind? Like that, that's, that's wild, brothers. But I, I don't think that a lot of our brothers look at their scope of protection in that matter. They don't even think about that. In their mind, you know, they get caught up in the moment, end up getting someone pregnant, and it is what it is. I don't think that a lot of brothers are even thinking about, hey, you know, this is part of me protecting my child. It even means protecting them from their mom. <laughs> All right. Like I, that's something that just really bothers me when I see these stories. I'm like, why is this happening? Like, you know, brothers, you got to check these men out. You'll, you'll know, you'll be able to look him in his eyes and tell what kind of man he is. And you'll know if your children are safe around him. And ladies, you know, you can't just have any old man around your kids. You cannot do that. I'm to the point in my life when I see women in abusive relationships and they have children, I'm just like, you a bad mom. So I'm going to tell you right now, for me, when I was being abused, most of it happened before I had my son. Once I had my son and I saw what was going on and I knew I needed to be there to raise my son, that was my motivation to get out even if I had to be on the street. Because I'm not, I'd be less than a mother to do something with a man and let some man take me away from my children. Never. I've seen that happen to too many people. Too many people close by me. So if you got children and you're allowing yourself to be abused, you're basically putting this man before your kids, sister. You just need to be alive. You have to screen men before you bring them around your children. It can't just be that you meet someone, you know, and a few weeks later, they all up in your kid's face. You don't know. You have to get to know someone, meet their family, really figure out who this man is. Because if you don't, now you put the father of your children in a really bad situation because now he got to pull up. You know, you put him in a really bad place. So spare your kid's father's the trouble of having to do the most spare your children the trouble and spare yourself the trouble and let's just be more you know more um let's take more time to get to know people before we're bringing them around our kids because i don't want to see any more of these stories about our babies being killed by by boyfriends it's real out here in these streets brothers and sisters it's real out here but I, I enjoy doing this show. I just enjoy us being able to, like, do what we do on here. You know, I make the show, and then we get together, and we are messaging each other and leaving comments and, and building. Like, I love it. It's just conversations that we need to have. It's so refreshing to me talking to my brothers and sisters, 
and building and networking with them. It's like it's so refreshing. We're we're getting this together. Like I feel so hopeful. I feel extremely hopeful. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode. Um, I I think that I have finally gotten all the kinks out when it comes to the show. Because I don't know if I told y'all that my technology skills are just horrible. <laughs> They're terrible. So I think I finally got, you know, got it together. So we should be on time next week for next week's show. Either way, there will be a show dropped every week, even if it's not Monday. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Please like, applaud, favorite, subscribe, all that. Keep giving me ideas. Keep building with me. Keep writing me. Let's keep having these conversations. And as always, love, peace, and black power. We'll see you next week.